There must be no better topic for the message today as we're dealing with the peace that surpasses the understanding that we can even have by knowing Jesus, uh, is that that's what we would look at today. And looking at that, I want you to turn with me to the Gospel of John, the 14th chapter, verses 23 through 27. And finding your place in God's Word, would you please stand as I share that with you this morning? John chapter 14, verses 23 through 27. And Jesus said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings, and the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, which is the, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. And then please listen to verse 27, not only to the disciples, but to us today. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth give I unto you, so let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. May God add his blessings to those words of promise that we hear Jesus say again today. Let's pray. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, Lord, your will be done in the service today. As we gather to worship, as we gather to listen, as we gather to just praise your name. Lord, that you might bestow upon us that peace that is ours to, because we know you. Because you gave your son Jesus that we could have the eternal hope and peace for an everlasting time. And oh God, we just pray this morning that as we glean from the words that we have read this, here just now, that Lord, it would be food for the soul and strength for our walk of life that you have chosen for us to make. Thank you, Lord, for your love and we sure love you. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Maybe seated. <clears throat> You've heard me say before, but I, I just love the word peace, and I believe peace is people enjoying a Christly encounter. P-E-A-C-E. -E, people enjoying a Christly encounter. And I love to encounter that Christly peace that can come because we know Jesus. And we of all people are to be overwhelmed with that thought. We ought to be overcome with the presence and the powers of God in such a way that could, would, would not be bridled in our efforts to praise His name in the public area or even in a private sort of setting at home or by yourself somewhere else. But what a joy it is to know Jesus. What a pleasant thing of peace it is to be able to have that embedded in our hearts to the depth of our soul, salvation because what Jesus did at Calvary. And as I thought about that, the, the words of God, you know, the Old Testament, uh, the Bible says it's our very, the very foundation of our faith. And as we look at that and then watch God bridge the gap across that some 400 years of, of space between the old and the new, we see a new day, a new day of grace, a new day of peace and joy that would come because of Jesus and because of God sending his son to make it possible for us to be in a peaceful setting. You know, sometimes we can feel like that peace is too far away. 
but peace is a product of pursuing a path that Jesus wants us to walk in. And if you're not at peace with self and even with God and with one another, then check the path you're pursuing. It just might be off to the side a little. So I come today to ask you to pursue peace. And I know we're living in a world that people are searching for peace and happiness and joy in all a lot of the wrong places, and it can happen. I've said before, but you don't go to one of the little, uh, uh, I'll not call a name, but a store that doesn't sell the quality of stuff to find a bull of a watch. You do not go to some place that has the second class merchandise in order to find a first class something that you have on your heart that you might need or want. And so it's the same as it is with God. We do not go elsewhere. I've heard people talk about, you know, they have problems in life and I went to talk to so-and-so. And I thought, my goodness, they don't sell Boulevard watches. They don't sell the advice that you need. And we need to consider the source of, of that supply that can come to us. And that's why it's so important to gather with one another as God's children. I lean on you, folks. I really do. And I lean on your faith. I see your faith in action on Sunday morning and on Sunday night. And, and as we worship God and pursue that path, we can have a peaceful setting, the atmosphere can overflow in this building and be such an, such an evident in your life outside the walls of this church. And I think that's a call that we need to hear. Uh, sometimes uh, we can just ask the question, where is peace? But peace is all, always there if we just pursue that. The second candle that we have, have lighted, I guess is the word today, is certainly the candle of peace. The peace that's, that comes to us because of we know Jesus. Many of the writers in the Bible were so caught up with that peaceful something that they could feel because of knowing that Jesus was coming. And that's what the Advent candle represents, the knowing that Jesus is coming yes again. And he will come to, to choose and to collect his own that we might be ushered into the portals of glory and heaven at last for an eternal existence with Jesus. And if that does not, give you peace at heart, mind, and soul this morning, then you and I or one of us or some of us might need to move just a little bit in order to feel that satisfaction that we can have in knowing Jesus Christ, the Savior and Lord of our lives. You know, many songs put it so well. I love Amazing Grace. It's almost a Christian anthem, it seems like, but uh, a couple of guys was trying to think of a song one day and, uh, and they said, what is that song? I think it, the topic starts with an M. And uh, well, they couldn't think of it. So they left, and after a while, one of them called the other one. I just happened to think what the name of that song is. It's Amazing Grace. And I think that it is amazing grace that we can have because of knowing Jesus. But he makes a statement here in the reading I shared with you. The statement is that, that peace can come because of a comforter that is going to come. Jesus was leaving the disciples. He was about to leave their presence in a physical sense that they would not be able to experience again. And he told them that not to not be afraid of his absence when they felt a lonely and a certain sort of feeling of, that he wasn't there. Because he said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And so as God had prepared himself in the beginning as the Trinity of God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit... In the awesome ability of God, he divided that trinity up into three. And first of all, it was God the Father. 
Though the existence of Jesus and the Holy Spirit was evident in the beginning, we know that, that Jesus and in the Bible even in the beginning says, let us make man, and us is a plural word, that we know that the Trinity still existed in the beginnings of time. But he would have, with the ability to separate himself and become the incarnate God, the God that would reveal in the flesh what people was not able to exist without. The world was starving to be able to touch God in some sort of way. And so it was with God that he would come in a person of his son, that the physical touching could be made possible through those who lived in that day. And then we know that when God, Jesus did the work on the cross, gave his life for us to have that eternal existence, then we know that God, when he brought Jesus back into heaven in some sort of existence, and I don't know how he done that or how he's still doing it today. I just believe it. And so in the powers of God, he didn't leave man, but he would send the third part of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost, as John put it, and would be with man still even today. And so I believe that we have the joy of knowing Jesus in our hearts and the presence of having him in our lives, even as they. But certainly it is by way of the Holy Spirit that made possible. Jesus said to Peter, James, John, and the others, I'm going away. I'm going to leave you guys. You, we have done this work. You've followed me, been with me for this three and a half years or so, and we're going to, be, going to have to leave. And that day... Jesus Christ to the disciples, and he's still spelling it out today. Grace in all capital letters. Mercy in all capital letters. And all of those, you know, I was typing one day, and a lot of times if I send you a note of something on the computer, I just hit the capital doodle and just do it all in capital letters. And someone told me not long ago, and I had no clue about this, said, if you send a note to someone in all capital letters, it means you're about shouting about it. <laughs> so if you get a message from me, I'm shouting it. But I, I really uh, feel like that uh, Jesus did shout it out. Uh, it's uh, back in the first part of John's gospel. <clears throat> it talks about John the Baptist coming, and it begins to build up to the ministry of Jesus and John the Baptist baptizing Jesus and, and setting the path that would be uh, followed by the Son of God. And uh, we just, as we see that, uh, we've, we know that the John the Baptist, the forerunner, Elijah then the Old Testament prophet, Isaiah was talking about it, David spoke in his writings of the coming of a Christ. And they all had those revelation, and I call it divine revelations from God. And don't ever be heard saying that God does not give divine revelations yet even today. He does, he will. And if you'll listen, you'll experience it quite often in your lives. And uh, I hear people say, you know, I really don't know a direction. I don't know what God really wants me to do. Then if you don't, we need to listen a little closer because God has probably got to the point of almost ready to scream at you and we still have too much world in the way to hear. But Jesus was in the beginning. He was the God. He was a God of the seed of the woman. He was Noah's ark. He was Joseph's dream. He was Jacob's ladder. And he was all of those things that we read in the Bible about. And, and it builds up to the time that God would send his personal knowledge to the world about a Savior that could save a soul and bring about a beautiful existence of peace that you can have in your heart because 
of what God was willing to do through his son. I just love to look in the Bible and just find, you know, there's a, there's a scarlet ribbon that runs through the word. And it seems to tie all together as we see it woven through. And it gets to the end of the, the Old Testament where Malachi would make his declaration, even in his prophecy of, of the coming of a Christ. But the Bible would close there at the end of the writing of Malachi. And it seems like that God would be in a silent sort of mode. And I'm not sure what all took place in those some 400 years. But it seems like that God was not revealing or the revelation of God was not being seen as much and as wonderful a ways as it had been. But I don't believe God was quiet. I believe God was still carving at a world that he wanted to be existent because of a love that he had for his creation. And so as you see the closing of the Old Testament and Malachi saying in Malachi 3.3, 3, he shall sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. God was still purifying. God was still uh, putting in the fire of, fir- of fiery furnaces of life, uh, those traits that would come about and bring the purity of a person that needs to be left to show the world the joy in knowing him. But as, uh, as Malachi would close, it seems, as I say, the bridge was being built, would begin to, to try to tie together the old and the new. He didn't make a terrible, crippling, crippling effort, but he made a positive pursuit of tying them together. And that bridge... If you would look at it, and I've seen pictures and I just love this. I see that bridge in the shape of a cross. The bridge that bridged the Old Testament to the New Testament is shaped like a cross. And it was with Jesus' own shed blood and his life on the cross that would build that bridge and the foreknowledge that God had that would happen that would make it possible for God to be on earth and to be with man as he was for so long. And uh, so today... Uh, as we ready ourselves for the coming of Jesus' birth, I think it's relevant to say that we need to ready ourselves for the coming of Jesus' coming again. And that is so. He has made that promise that he's coming to claim his children, that one of these days, you know, I've often thought about how it would be that maybe you'd be sitting and listening to the TV, a newscast going on. Maybe you're going down the road and have the radio on. And all of a sudden the announcer says, we interrupt this program to bring you a special announcement. There's been a sight seen, a bright light in the eastern sky. You better set up and take notice and maybe pull off to the side of the road because you may be ready to head to heaven and all of a sudden jerk of God's angels because I believe uh, the Bible says he'll come as a thief in the night. But it's not going to be a thief to you as a child of God. It's certainly not. It never is to be thought that way. But the only person that the coming of Jesus will be a thief to will be the person who doesn't know Jesus as Savior and Lord. It will rob that person of the opportunity and in the process will cause them to commit the unpardonable sin that's rejecting Jesus and heaven is not for them because Jesus has come. It is too late. The door of grace would be closed. Redemption would be impossible because God would say, I'll close the door. And he says in Revelation as the Bible would close, Even so I come, even so come Lord Jesus. And so God has a plan. And that plan includes you, but not all in the ending, but as we live now. uh, We we have been chosen a a peculiar people. And uh, 
I feel a little peculiar myself, and I don't want to hear an amen on that because I'm sure you kind of see that once in a while. But we as God's people are peculiar people. That is, we are different people. We ought to look different. We ought to talk different. We ought to be a joyous, peaceful people. And uh, the invitation that Jesus gave in the last of the Bible was certainly written out in Revelation 3.20 when he said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone would open that door, I will come unto him and be with him and be their God and guide them. So an invitation that God gives quite often in your life is, Behold, I stand at the door of your heart. Do you open the door for Jesus when you hear him knocking? Or do you wonder, now wonder what he wants? You know, one of the things that John's writing, I just love John's writing, certainly got the, the gospel in a, in a little core verse in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. But you back up a little in John, the first chapter in the 14th verse, I think it is. And I want you to do as I've asked you different times to do. Would you take hold of your Bible? Even if you don't have one, there's one in the pew. John said in the first chapter of the Gospel of John, the 14th verse, Behold, behold, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. My friends, this Word is alive today. It is alive. And never think that Jesus died on the cross to leave us in a lonely state of existence, but He is alive. He is in the Word and making it possible. A little boy was walking down the street and a man was looking in a window at a cross with Jesus on the cross. And he walked up to him and said, Mister, do you know what that is? And the little man said, uh, Yes, that represents Jesus that died on the cross. The little boy said, But he ain't dead. He's alive. And I, you know, I, as, as well as I like sometimes to reflect and to see Jesus on the cross, all of a sudden the peace, the joy, the love just seems to remove him. And I see an empty cross. And then Jesus in heaven, making intercession for his children, for you and I, helping us handle life as it is. As a little, I uh, found it on the iPad, I guess it was this morning, and I remembered it before. And I, wanted, I, don't, I can't sing it, my voice wouldn't let me do that. fact of the matter is, I thought I had it written down, and uh, God wouldn't let me find it because he's afraid I'd try to sing it this morning. <laughs> But I finally found it on the internet and I want to read it to you. And when my soul was down in sorrow, when my heart was saddened with sin, Jesus opened his arms of mercy and tenderly took me in. There is peace in the time of trouble. There is peace in the midst of the storm. There is peace when the world is raging in the shelter of his arms. I want to beckon you to find that shelter that's been prepared for you and I. The place we can go when peace seems to disappear, but he has it ready to extend to you again. Please accept that from Jesus and let life be what it needs to be, full of peace, people enjoying a Christly encounter. Would you bow with me in prayer? Uh, Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you for that peace that we can have. 
We know, Lord, that sometimes it seems to slide off to the side a little, but please help us. Not with our unbelief, for we do believe. We do trust. We do have our faith in you, Lord, but sometimes I admit the world can get in the way. And just help us to shove aside those things that doesn't matter and take hold of the eternal promises that you have told us we can have by trusting in you. And Lord, we come to you this morning with an invitation time that maybe we need to make a move in our lives. Maybe there are some here today, as I, that needs to make a greater commitment to your love and that we need to say yes to you in some area of life that will cause us to reflect your love in someone else's life. Lord, this is your invitation as we quietly stand before you and respond to your call. In your precious and holy name we pray, amen.